0: Hello, and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with authors Sarah and Ian Hoffman about their new picture book, Jacob's Room to Choose, illustrated by Chris Case. The book is due out on May 7 from Imagination Press, which is sponsoring this podcast. Sarah and Ian Hoffman are the co-authors of the picture book, Jacob's New Dress. They are the parents of two children. In addition to their children's book collaborations, Sarah also writes for national magazines, newspapers, and radio, and speaks publicly about raising their gender nonconforming son. In Jacob's Room to Choose, a boy with long hair and a green dress faces bullying at school when he tries to use the boy's bathroom. But with the support of a like-minded friend and a caring teacher, Jacob inspires positive change among his classmates. Thank you both for speaking with me. Thank you for having us.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Jacob's Room to Choose is a follow-up to your previous picture book, Jacob's New Dress. To start us off, Sarah, can you share the inspiration behind this pair of stories about young Jacob? Absolutely. So when our son Sam was
2: little, he loved all things pink and sparkly. And he inspired the character Jacob in the first book. And um, we shared some of the experiences that boys like Sam experience in their day-to-day life. And it's not a memoir. It's a story compiled from many stories uh, from our son and boys like him. And for the second book, we wanted to write about an experience that we hear from parents is the biggest issue for their children who don't look like other kids, which is their experience going to the bathroom. Everyone needs to use the bathroom And it should be easy, and most people don't have to think about it. But when you don't look the way that other people expect, sometimes that upsets people. So whether it's at school or in a public library or in an airport or a restaurant, kids like this have a lot of trouble. And we wanted to speak to that experience and provide some hope that it doesn't have to be this way.
0: Both picture books explore gender nonconformity and expression. Uh, Ian, why do you feel these are important subjects for young readers in particular?
1: When we were experiencing this with our child, there were no books um, for kids like him. Um, There were no books for adults either, for adults like us to read and figure out where we were in the world. Um, Things have changed a lot in the last 10 or 15 years um, since we first got introduced to the worlds of gender non-conforming kids um, and changed for the better, I should add. And uh, so As uh, Sarah was writing for adults um, about this topic, as we were learning as adults about this topic, and as Sarah was writing to help educate other adults and parents about this topic, I was working on children's books about other things. And we realized that we needed to have a children's book about this so that kids like our son could see themselves reflected in a book, um, because that is such a powerful experience for any child. And uh, that's what started us on our collaboration on the Jacob books.
0: And Sarah, have you shared the books yet with your son, Sam? We have.
2: And um, he was able to read different drafts and give feedback. He's almost 17 now, so he has a lot to say. And it's been interesting writing about our son in a fictionalized way, but he's a person and he knows that these stories are inspired by him. And when the first book came out, he was he was 11 or 12. And I think that he felt, well, I know that he felt because he told us that he liked having parents who stood up for him. And it was meaningful for him that we were standing up for other kids like him in the world. And so he's no longer this little boy. He's no longer even particularly gender nonconforming, but he still likes that we're doing this work in the world that we're advocates. And one thing that we have left up to him is Whether or not we continue to use a pen name, well, we'll always continue to use it, but whether or not we reveal our identity in public, because there are challenges to using a pen name. And he has asked us to continue using pen names. And so we have honored that because, you know, he's he shared his story with the world and we feel he deserves that respect.
0: The friendship that develops between the two characters, Jacob and Sophie, is one of mutual respect and support. How does their relationship offer an example for children who may be gender nonconforming themselves or no peers who are?
1: For us, we were often experiencing this from the gender nonconforming boys' point of view. And our friends had a lot of gender nonconforming boys and the people that we met. And so it took us a while to understand how this was for gender nonconforming girls. And, um, once we got their point of view, we realized that they needed to be represented in the book too. And they go through very similar experiences and, um, you find your allies wherever you can.
2: I would add that, well, first of all, we don't know of a friendship like this between kids. I'm sure it exists, but, um, we were dreaming about what it could be. And we realized that it's, it's not just a model for. A gender nonconforming boy and a gender nonconforming girl helping each other, but it's a model for anyone who's different, whether it's based on race or class or ability or health or any other way of being different. We wanted to model that kids can support each other and work together and find support in their being different and advocate for each other and themselves together.
0: Absolutely. And the teacher in the book, Ms. Reeves, offers a creative lesson in gender expression and tolerance in general. I'm curious, what kinds of changes would you both like to see implemented in the classroom and beyond to promote that kind of acceptance? So Ms. Reeves is actually based on a real person Ah. whose name is
2: Ms. Reeves. And she was our son's kindergarten teacher.
1: Can I add to that? Yeah. Sometimes when we write, it's easier to write someone's name based on a person whose attributes we're trying to mirror in the writing. And so we were thinking about Ms. Reeves, so we kept the name in as Ms. Reeves. And by the time we got to later drafts in the story, we realized that we really wanted to honor her and leave her name in there. So we asked her if that was okay, and she was delighted.
2: And we realized that our publisher might change it. And, you know, publishers do that all the time. For instance, our first book was called Patrick's New Dress after our adult friend, Patrick, who was very much like Jacob, but they changed it to Jacob because it was a more popular boy's name. So we knew they might change it, but they didn't. And so it was kind of lovely. And the real Ms. Reeves is completely honored and thrilled to be in this book. And the reason why we want to honor her is she taught us what a difference education makes. So she pulled out a picture of a five-year-old child and she showed it to her class. And she said, do you think that this kid with their short hair is a boy or a girl? And they all said, it's a boy. And she said, well, actually, this is me when I was your age. And the kids were floored. And so she it just led into conversations about colors. You know, are there boy colors and girl colors or can everyone like colors? And she just explored these topics of ways that people look and things that people do and play with and wear and kind of probed a little bit. And it really helped the kids be more open-minded toward our son. And we had a little control group because there was another kindergarten class next door who hadn't had this education and they were not nearly as accepting of our son as Ms. Reeves students. And we thought, oh my God, education actually works.
0: Based on your own experiences, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give parents who are raising gender non-conforming children?
1: Find support. I think that's the most important thing. First, take a deep breath. (laughs) You don't know what your kids are going to be like. You don't know what their experience is going to be in the world. And that is true for every parent with every child. Um, so if your kid is different, um, than the kids around them, that's okay. Um, find support, find resources. There are a lot of them out there now. Um, find all the lovely books there are about gender nonconforming kids that are starting to appear on the market, read to your kid, then go to the school where your kid goes and make sure that they do education because that's going to be a key component in your child's life.
0: I'm sure Sarah, can you tell us a bit about your creative and collaborative process? Yes. So Ian and I are married
2: and we realized pretty early on in our pre-gender related writing career that we cannot work together. So our writing process is one of us starts writing and then we give it to the other person to edit. And then we go back and forth until it's done. And we honed this when we had a column in a newspaper that had to be produced every two weeks. And it was very short and it's hard to write short. And so the first person would write this 2000 word blathering thing, and then the other person would cut it down and then it would go back to the first person and back and forth until it was the 400 words it needed to be. And we had no idea that that was actually great training for writing children's books, which also need to be very few words. And, um, that's our process. And it's, it's served us well in writing children's books.
1: Occasionally we have that magical moment where we're both looking at something at the same time and working together and it's flowing smoothly. But it's a rare occurrence.
0: As with Jacob's New Dress, artist Chris Case brings your characters to life through bright illustrations. How do you feel his artwork complements your text?
1: We love we Chris. Love Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we are so grateful that the art director found Chris. We just couldn't be more thrilled.
2: And he was not the first illustrator that they chose when Albert Whitman decided to publish Jacob's new dress, they hired an illustrator who reviewed the manuscript and said, I can't draw a boy who wears a dress. And thankfully they just said, okay, next. And they found Chris and he embraced the topic and he didn't just tolerate the topic. He thinks it's worthy work in the world. And we so appreciate that. And he came with us to our new publisher and we had the chance to meet him recently on a Skype call. We did a Talk at a university on the East Coast together, and uh, he's just a fantastic guy, and his drawings really do bring the story to life in a way that we we couldn't even imagine when you write a story you know you don't know how it's going to be on the page and Ian's an illustrator, so he may have had ideas in his head, but um I didn't have any and I've just been so thrilled with chris's work.
0: Will the two of you be touring at all for the new book?
2: We have been a bit to library conferences and other trade events. And we have some bookstore uh, events coming up. I just did a university talk. We've got some things scheduled from now through the fall, mostly conferences and bookstores. And, you know, we always do schools. Um, We do in-person work in schools. And it's interesting because we will talk to kids from preschool all the way up through college level because the issues are even even for the ages where that are not you know meant for picture books, the the issues that are brought up by these books are things that need to be discussed at at every age. I just did something at a, a state school last weekend, a college class of early childhood educators, and it is always an interesting conversation.
0: Have you had any particularly memorable or moving responses from readers? Oh. Um we've had <laughs> thousands
2: of people it is I, this is the most heartening line of work i have to say you know we we don't do an event without having someone come up to us crying saying that our book changed their life and you know we we readers send us photos of the kid who they bought our book for, and they show us photos of older siblings reading to younger siblings. And we've had so much positive reinforcement that it absolutely more than makes up for the small amount of negative response we get from people who, um, think we are, um, how do we say this diplomatically? Um, Um,
1: the, the people who, who think we have an agenda to, um, to corrupt the youth of America.
0: Oh, well said. Yes. Hmm. What do you hope readers, both kids and adults, will take away from
1: Jacob's room to choose? Um, I think there's a lot of positive messages about gender diversity. And for us, the beauty of teaching gender typical kids about gender creative kids is that those lessons help them accept people who are different from them in all sorts of other ways, too. So the discussion of bathrooms is an important one and one that's very much in the news um, recently. and um, But I think it's part of a bigger uh, attempt to create a culture of kindness and acceptance.
0: Great. And can we expect more stories about Jacob? Absolutely.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're working
2: on some now, and our publisher has asked for more. They're very supportive, very excited about continuing the Jacob story. And parents always ask for more. So how could we
0: not accommodate that? can you share at all, uh, what you're working
1: on? I think it would be a little premature to do that since we haven't talked to our editor. about It, <laughs> it would probably be best if she didn't learn it through this podcast. We didn't set out to write a series. So, um, it's been kind of a pleasure that we've hit on a topic that actually is appropriate for a series and that people want to read about and ask us for more. You know, a lot of readers ask us for the next book and, uh, and that's just such a thrill.
0: Congratulations on the new book, and thank you both for speaking with me. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Thank you. Once again, I've been speaking with Sarah and Ian Hoffman, whose new book, Jacob's Room to Choose, is out on May 7 from Imagination Press. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast.